I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me today is Elisa J. Sokolow. This is What I Eat, Fun Activities for Mindful Eating is her new book. Award-winning food photographer and private chef, Elisa J. Sokolow, introduces children to healthy eating and engaging with our planet through a bold and bright color and activity book. Filled with 30-plus activities and journal pages appealing to the senses of even the pickiest eaters, we learn valuable lessons such as how to grow an avocado tree at home and how families around the world eat. Author Katherine Schwarzenegger, Chef Scott Conan, and Dorothy or Dory Greenspan, as well as food writer and top chef Judge Gail Simmons, raved about it on Instagram. She uh, Simmons uh, Sokolov's work has won an Emmy, earned two Emmy nominations, and a James Beard Literary Award. Her photography can be seen in the New York Times, Architectural Digest, Bon Appetit. Wall Street Journal, and the Los Angeles Times. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you on, Elisa. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, this is what I eat, fun activities for mindful eating. I don't usually think of mindful eating and children, obviously, so I think your book is somewhat unique, which is a good thing. Um, We talk about mindful eating and adults. Uh, What's the difference? Let's just, I just want to, what would be the difference or is it the same? Mindful eating for children would be the same as mindful eating for adults. I, it is the same, but I think a lot of times we like to start them young. So if you teach kids to eat intuitively and get a lot of fruits and vegetables on their plates and take them to the market or cook with them, I think that you can start mindful eating very young. And when you say very young, we're talking about two, three, right when they begin eating, when they get off the bottle. Yeah, yeah, right when they begin eating and also creating rituals in your home. Like every night when you have dinner as a family, once they're no longer, or even when they're still in their, um, their, what am I blanking on the name? In their seat, to have, start every meal with a salad or start with something that's from the earth. So really starting mindful eating with rituals in your home um, can really help with having your kids be a little bit healthier. What do you say to families, though, who say, oh, we're so busy, we don't have time to sit, we don't have time to engage in mindful eating, we've got, you know, they, the kids have activities, we're working, we have, we're racing and running, we just can't do that. Uh, what's the answer or what's your response? You know, I I totally get that, and it's everyone is very busy today, and kids are really highly programmed, and I think that this is something that you really need to take that extra few minutes for. I mean, health is is the main thing, in my opinion, that, that we have. If you don't have your health, you can't have your busy schedule, and you can't do your activities, and being able to get different vitamins and nutrients from food is the best way to get it into your body and taking the time to get your kids involved with eating or what they're having for lunch or being able to get fruits and vegetables into their diets or to have your kids come up with a plan where they're eating less packaged food and more things from from the earth is something that I think that we can 
communally and globally and locally make make that effort to do. Well, you mentioned go- globally, and I know you travel. I don't know if I mentioned that in the beginning, but you travel around the world. Uh, do pe- in, in different cultures, people eat differently. Uh, they eat different foods, but the, also the context in which they eat is different, right? C- uh, compare 100%. like the yeah. So I'd like to hear your take on like what's the difference between the way we eat in the United States because we have a terrible obesity problem, not just with adults mm-hmm. but with children. Um, and um, is it the same? Uh, make some comparisons about your experiences globally. It's funny because, like, I have a page in the book where I show different meals from around the world, and I've spent time in India and Israel and Ethiopia. Uh, America mainly has a really large consumer packaged goods culture, and where a lot of parents in their lunches or even just to go just throw throw a packaged food in. And in a lot of other countries, that's not something that they have available. So in Ethiopia, for example, that doesn't exist. And there, it's a very heavy vegetarian culture, a lot of cooked food. Another thing is how the utensils that they use are very different. Like in Ethiopia, you're using bread to, to, as a vehicle to put food in your mouth. America is a big fork and knife culture, so even the way that people put things into their mouth are different. But at the end of the day, food is all pretty much the same. Everyone's trying to get some vegetables and proteins and grains into their bodies. So I think at the end of the day, we're not very different, but we all have the same goal of being healthy. And in the U.S., we just have a a more challenging time lately doing it and access to different types of foods is more challenging. Um, and about, I guess, over a decade ago, I worked on Jamie Oliver's food revolution where we worked with kids in low income areas and kids that had a lot of health issues based upon their diets. And I totally understand where that came from. Cause sometimes if you're trying to feed a family, of six and you want them to have a hot dinner going to a fast food chain restaurant, you can do that for $10 or less. And that's a lot more accessible than getting fruits and vegetables. So we have a lot of work to do in this country, but I believe that we can do it. Yeah. Well, your book is going to help us to do it with our kids. And I think I read in the beginning, you said uh, it's filled with 30 plus activities can we talk about some specific, yeah, what are some of those activities we can do with the kids for mindfulness? I find them really fun, and I've been doing at least a few events every weekend uh, since the book came out, and a lot of them in schools. I was at the Edible Schoolyard in New York recently, and I had a bunch of different classes. And my goal for the book is just to get kids to eat a little bit better, and that includes adults. So it's really breaking things down into the simplest way and how I see things. So I'm asking the kids at the beginning to write their names in and where they live and really humanize things and then say, what's your favorite color? I learned most kids love the color blue. And I list vegetables and fruits of all different colors. So let's say green is personally my favorite color, just like snap peas. And I also love yellow, which is the color of bananas, and 
sort of going and taking fruits and vegetables and making it a game and something that's more fun. And even when people are like, my kid doesn't want to try new things. And I'm like, get them involved, take them grocery shopping with you or take them to the farmer's market, take them wherever it is that you go to buy food and get them involved in the process or have them find a different fruit or vegetable that's a different color. So, so making we also talk it, about different, sorry, say that again. Well, I think you're saying like making it fun, I think is really important that you mentioned that making it a fun thing, making eating fun and then engaging them in the process. Those two things are key. I would imagine with, kids and yeah, I think and whoever is the caregiver mother father or whomever I think sometimes don't they don't do that because it's quicker just to do it yourself I'm going to just stop at the grocery store and I'll pick up food or whatever or even order in um, and take that time to engage the kids in the process um, I, I think that to me would be critical 100% and I've even seen it I my nephew, for example, getting him involved in the kitchen is something that I'm like, he loves to eat pasta pesto. That's his favorite thing to eat, but he doesn't want to eat. He calls it salad if there's a piece of basil on his pizza. And I'm like, how does he not see the, the difference between the two? But we sat down and made pizzas together, and I brought dough, and we had the sauce, and we chopped up a bunch of different toppings that we could use and just getting kids to get their hands dirty and in the kitchen will automatically give them great memories that have to do with food. And myself being a very tactile person, getting to touch everything and smell it. And there's so many different senses that come with eating. It really opens their eyes to something opposed to just, oh, another meal we need to eat. This is like, look, I made this pizza, I'm so excited to eat it because I had a hand in it. Or even there's examples of how you can grow your own. So uh, growing an avocado tree from a pit or growing tomatoes from seed. Kids are so excited to see things throughout the whole process from planting to watering and giving it sunshine, really nurturing something to be able to pick their tomato a few weeks later and saying, I grew this. It obviously must be more delicious because I had a hand in it. So getting kids involved in any part of the process is something that really excites them about eating. I think, and I'm sharing this as part of my family, I have three small grandchildren. They all eat differently. That's And so sometimes mm -hmm. that's a challenge. One of them likes to sit and eat and take his time while everybody's finished, you know, 20 minutes before he is. So that's kind of a challenge because you have three different kids and you may have two different, you know, two kids or even more, and they don't all eat in the same way. And so you have to engage them differently or do you, or how do you do that? How do you manage that in a big family? Let's say. I always say that the kids are not in charge. They're not the boss. And <laughs> Growing up, even in my family, I had a sister and my parents, and I swam competitively, so I wouldn't get home till at least seven or eight, and I would have whatever my family had for dinner, and it's so interesting to learn how each kid is very different with not only their eating, but they can't really be compared to the next sibling. So I think 
it's important to learn patience, especially in this day and age where things happen very quickly to say, you know what, if, if your family is a family that sits down and has dinner together five nights a week, it's important for the other siblings to say, you know, we're going to wait till everyone's done. And I just think it's great to have a ritual in that way. And even in eating, you know, kids are very picky, but some are very picky, but not making separate meals for each kid. A lot of people come to me and say, my kid only eats buttered noodles. That's all they, they eat. And I'm like, well, Scientifically, if you put something, if you try something 30 times, you'll gain a taste for it. So just keep putting the cucumbers or sweet potatoes on their plate, and eventually they're going to try it or have them try it and move along. But just eating is for everyone and making sure that you can sit together as a family and everyone has the same meal and you can go from there, but not creating separate meals for each kid because that is too much work for whoever the caregiver is, but just create some sort of ritual for your family. And that's, that's how you do things. Yeah. I, that's, I think another uh, key or important point. I mean, and I I know I did that with my own kids. Uh, If you don't want to eat it, don't eat it, but we're not going to have a separate meal and, and never did that. And they're all good eaters. I have to say, going back another generation, my mother tells the story that uh, I, she, serving dinner and I said, well, I'm not going to eat it. And she said, well, you don't have to eat it for me. Uh, and don't eat it. And, uh, that was the end of it. Once I, that challenge, you know, I, I guess I was challenged, but anyway, so, uh, yeah, she didn't make a separate meal and that we're all good eaters. And, and for that very reason, because I see a lot of mothers and fathers and caregivers making the extra, the kid won't eat one thing. So they make separate meals for everybody, uh, which is, um, not a good thing. As you say, don't do that. No, it's, it's too much work. And it's also, your kid is not in charge. You need to be the one who's exposing your child to all of these different things. I just pray that people don't settle on, on giving their kids dino nuggets every night. Like let's try new things. When you're young is when you really develop a palate and a taste for things. Like let's get your kids involved. If, if they're picky, I get it, but let them keep trying things. Like they're kids. They're still, you don't new to the world. And even if, you know, they're three or five, just keep trying to get them involved in trying different things. And what you're making for dinner, that's what you're having tonight. Your kid does not get a separate meal. And even the concept of having kids meals, they should really just be the adult meal, but smaller, not, not a fried breaded version of, of something. Like they can well, eat have, fruits and vegetables. They're delicious. Have you noticed, I've noticed in, in especially, well, I'll say here in New York City, you go to restaurants and they have a separate kids menu. I don't know if you're, and the kids menu usually has mac and cheese, McNuggets, even at good restaurants. I mean, like they have the worst mm-hmm. things for kids and then they have this great menu for adults. I'm not sure. Maybe you can explain that. You are in the business. I never. I. I don't get that. And so, we'll try to order for the kids. You know, small. 
to share things on the adult menu because the kids menu is really usually terrible. You know, really the bad stuff for kids. Yeah, I don't I don't understand it. In my career, I've worked with a lot of restaurants or the only ones I've worked with are ones that source from the local farmer's market, which is just a real blessing. And I live in Los Angeles, so we we provide most of the produce or I think it's like 50 percent of the produce for the entire country. But I I don't believe in kids menus. I just think it should be a smaller quantity of what what adults are eating. And I think the kids menu culture is very, it's strange and it kids should be healthy. You want them to function really well, put fuel in their bodies. That's going to help them do that. And I know I don't, you know, having chicken tenders every once in a while is great or, you know, doing things in moderation. But I give the example a lot of times of, you're not going to put regular fuel into a Ferrari and expect it to go fast. You need to give it the highest quality of gas to get it to function as it should. And I think that we need to think about our bodies in that way as well. And children especially, give them something great. Have them create a palette for themselves of eating different colors and fruits and vegetables and they're going to function better because that's what we're supposed to be eating. And um, if you start them young, even given how picky kids are or not, just keep on trying because this is, this is when we get them into food and we want them to function as best as they can so they can play outside and do recess and hang out with their friends and sleep at night. Like we parents are in charge of their, of their kids and they, they can dictate how they eat and what they eat and how involved they want them to get. So do you think you should be as a, uh, let's say parents should be um, very deliberate about that? Like introduce an, one new food or two new foods, whatever every week and really do that. Not just kind of think about it every once in a while, but really do that. Like when the kids are young, make sure that you do introduce a new food every or two each week for the uh, is I that would a good- love that. I feel like parents are so overwhelmed and just being a human is so overwhelming in this day and age. Um, what I'm really excited about with my book is I did an activity last week and my friend Shauna said to me that her daughter was like, mom, we need to eat papayas. I'm a, she's obsessed with papayas now because she <laughs> saw it in the book and didn't know about it before. I personally love papayas. They're great for digestion. I like to squeeze a bit of lime on top, and, like, it's one of my favorite things to eat. But just exposure, I find that if you take your kid within introducing them to new things, because parents often aren't going to want to go outside of their comfort zone, which I totally understand, but it's something that can be really fun for parents and kids. Go to your farmer's market. Go to the bodega. Go wherever they sell fresh fruits and vegetables and, you know, find something of every different color. Make it a scavenger hunt. Do something fun and your kids will be more excited to eat it. But you too, as a parent or a caregiver or however you refer to yourself, you can learn something new as well. Like, you don't have to stop learning because you're an adult. Like, if you have never tried mushrooms before and 
you see a bunch of fun color, like types of mushrooms at the market or wherever it is that you're shopping, get some and Google a recipe and things like, in my opinion, cooking doesn't have to be difficult. In, in the book, it shows a lot of different ways to eat different fruits and vegetables and different options of how to do it if you want to have them grilled or raw or fermented or dipped. Um, there's a whole myriad of ways to eat things. And so you can do that with your child and learn something new. And, you know, sometimes, you know, with the mushroom example, you can just grill it or saute it in a pan. It'll probably be delicious. I mostly eat fruits and vegetables by just putting some, like, olive oil and salt and pepper on top and cooked vegetables are great or eating a lot of roughage like fruits and vegetables are delicious I eat so many apples I'm obsessed with apples and they taste great plain you don't even need to do anything to them you can there's 70 7500 different types of apples that's something really cool for kids to learn like there's not just a green Granny Smith apple, but there's pink apples and yellow apples and red apples. So you can start slow if your kid is not someone who's into food, but I really think you can get them excited about what they're eating just based upon different flavors and textures. So we're talking about variety. We're talking about variety, not monotony when it comes to food. Variety, when, like you say, there are a lot of different kinds of apples and there are different ways of cooking apples or eating apples. So it's how we eat, not not necessarily only what we eat, but how we eat. But I want to ask you, are there different parts of the country where people say, uh, I don't know, it would be city versus country or north versus Mm -hmm. south, where the kids tend to follow more of what you're talking about, this mindful eating? Or are there, you know, I assume there are cultural differences. Um, Maybe you can talk to us about that. There's definitely cultural differences. Um, The book for now is just out in the United States and Canada, but it's um, there's different fruits that grow in different seasons all over the country. Like the apples in New York are much better than in on the West coast. You guys have wine sap apples, which we don't grow out here. And I eat so many of them whenever I'm on the East coast. But a lot of it has to do with seasonality. Um, I've shopped the farmer's market in Chicago, which in winter is always kind of sad, but there's still access to all of the produce at grocery stores around the country. Um, I don't, I think that everyone has the opportunity to eat healthy, given where they're shopping or where in the country they are. A lot of it is just very seasonal, but it's still, an option. So maybe something doesn't taste as great raw certain times of year and you cook it and that's obviously still delicious or cherries aren't something that grow in the winter, but around the country stone fruit is really vibrant and happening all summer long. So people in the middle of the country do great with stone fruit and the peaches in Nashville, in Georgia, and in the South, and the citrus, they're really thriving in the winter. So I don't think anyone's better off any 
you know, in a, in a different place in the country, but I know that there's access to it and eating seasonally is something that will create better flavor for, for different types of produce and can be something really fun to experience. Like I wait all year for my plum guy to come from Northern California to LA so I can eat so much stone fruit. I'm surprised I haven't turned into a, a peach at this point. So, <laughs> well, I want to tell um, you that New York, you talked about apples. We only have a couple of minutes left. But we're the number one or number two producers of apples in the country. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe number two. So, yeah, we're a big apple producing state. Um, I believe it. At the yeah. Union Square Market, I'm blanking on the name of the farm I always go to. But I bought apple juice. I bought so many wine sap apples. They have apple cider donuts. I mean, if you eat seasonally, I know that this time of year, there's a lot of root vegetables on the East Coast. Sweet potatoes are so good for you, eating the skin. Also, a lot of vitamins. Like, there's there's a lot to, to what you can put in your body from what grows in the earth. So we've got... So give us a website or website. We have one minute left, literally. So just where we can go to get the book and to find out more about what you're doing. The book is sold everywhere books are sold. Um, And you can go to SokoloPhoto.com, S-O-K-O-L-O-W. And you can see a lot of the fruit and vegetable art I've, I've done that really inspired some of this book. And it gives you options to order. And if anyone has any questions or comments or is excited or wants a recipe, you can always DM me on Instagram at Aliza J. Sokolow, A-L-I-Z-A-J-S-O-K-O-L-O-W. And I love to engage. And this is my favorite topic of conversation. So I'm here for it. Great. Thanks so much for being on the show today. And the title of the book is This Is What I Eat, Fun Activities for Mindful Eating. And uh, I've been talking to Lisa J. Sokolow. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show. 